or be like Marty McFly and just wear a life vest wherever you go. Howdy. You're listening to Come and Take It, a talk show about Texas by Texans, where three friends born and raised in the Lone Star State share our views on the history, culture, and just what it means to be Texan. I'm Mike Zolkowski. I'm Sean McIver. And I'm Scott Elstrom. And a big special thank you today to Robert G., who left a great review for us on iTunes. It said some really nice things about the show. If you'd like to help us out, go and leave a rating or a review on iTunes. That's how we get attention. That's how we get more listeners so we can keep making these great shows. And if you'd like to support our show, go to patreon.com forward slash Texas podcast. Interred at the Founders Memorial Cemetery in Houston is one of the lesser known founders of the Republic of Texas. He was a signer of the Texas Declaration of Independence, the first Chief Justice of the Texas Supreme Court, and an ancestor of one of our contributors, his namesake, James Abendroth. Today we're talking about James Thompson Collinsworth. But first, what's your favorite Dennis Quaid movie? Well, my favorite Dennis Quaid movie is Inner Space, starring Dennis Quaid and Martin Short, which also doubles as my favorite Robert Picardo movie, and is also one of my favorite Meg Ryan movies, and is also one of my favorite uh, Kevin McCarthy movies. One of my favorite Dennis Quaid movies is Enemy Mine, starring Dennis Quaid and Louis Gossett Jr. (laughs) Alien Babies. (laughs) That is a great sci-fi movie. Uh, Actually, my favorite Dennis Quaid role and performance is an ensemble movie, The Right Stuff, where he played Gordo Cooper. And uh, his famous line is, who's the best pilot you ever saw? You're looking at him. That's the movie that I think of when I think of Dennis Quaid. James Thompson Collinsworth was born in 1806 in Davidson County, Tennessee. Established in 1783 by the North Carolina legislature, Davidson is one of the oldest counties in Tennessee. Its county seat is Nashville, which was established in the winter of 1779 and is the oldest permanent Anglo settlement in Tennessee. James Collinsworth was the son of Edmund and Alice Thompson Collinsworth. He applied himself in school growing up and was admitted to the Tennessee Bar in 1826 at the age of 20. Three years later, he began serving as the United States District Attorney for the Western District of Tennessee. While serving in this post, he became friends with several popular Tennessee politicians, including Andrew Jackson and Sam Houston, both of whom would figure prominently in Collinsworth's future. In early 1834, Collinsworth stepped down as U.S. District Attorney. Not long after, like many young men in Tennessee, he marked his door with the letters GTT for Gone to Texas and headed west. He moved to Matagorda on the Texas coast and established a law practice there. As the tensions between the Mexican government and the Texian colonists grew, Collinsworth aligned himself with the War Party in favor of conflict with Santa Ana. When the revolution began, he became involved in the political and legal side of the conflict. Collinsworth was selected by the people of Brazoria to represent it at the 1836 convention that was called to organize Texas independence. He served as temporary convention chairman until the remaining delegates arrived. He was a signer of the Texas Declaration of Independence on March 2nd and also served on the Military Affairs Committee, drafting the resolution that made Sam Houston commander-in-chief of the Texas Army. He also served on the committee that drafted the new constitution for the Republic of Texas. In April 1836, as the government fled from Santa Ana's advancing armies, Collinsworth joined the Texan Army. General Houston appointed Collinsworth as his aide-de-camp with the rank of major. At the Battle of San Jacinto, General Thomas Rusk, the Secretary of War and second-in-command under Houston, commended him for his bravery and chivalry. 
On April 29, 1836, Collinsworth became the acting Secretary of State under Interim President David Burnett. He served for about a month before he and Acting Attorney General Peter Grayson were sent by Burnett to act as emissaries to the United States. Their mission was to obtain assistance against Mexico and to seek information about annexation, including Texas's terms for accepting such an action. The mission failed to produce the desired results. Later that year, after he'd been elected president, Sam Houston offered Collinsworth the job of Attorney General of the Republic, but Collinsworth turned him down. He ran for a Senate seat instead and was elected to the Senate of the First Congress of Texas Republic in November of 1836. One month later, he became the Chief Justice of the Texas Supreme Court. He served as Chief Justice until his death, but never wrote an actual opinion because the court never met. 1836 was obviously a busy year for Collinsworth. He helped establish the Texas Railroad Navigation and Banking Company. This company was established by the First Texas Congress and was a controversial enterprise. It granted a charter to connect Gulf ports with canals, build railroads wherever practical, and provide banking operations. Thanks to politics, this company became an issue during the election of the Second Congress. In the end, the company only lasted for a year before it collapsed due to political opposition, making its stock worthless. Collinsworth wasn't done, however. The following year, in 1837, he participated in the founding of the city of Richmond near Houston and became a charter member of the Philosophical Society of Texas. With an election on the horizon in 1838, Collinsworth decided to run for president of the republic. He was approaching his 32nd birthday. The 1838 election quickly turned bitter. The Republic of Texas Constitution prohibited President Houston from running for consecutive terms, and Mirabeau Lamar, his vice president, was an intractable opponent of practically every one of Houston's policies. Yeah, I remember we talked particularly about how Sam Houston was intent on making good with the Comanches and being friendly with the native, the natives of the area, and Lamar was the exact opposite and wanted exactly. to murder them all. Listen, I'm just going to do the exact opposite of what the greatest Texan that ever lived did. <laughs> to be fair, at the time, the only people that really agreed with Sam Houston about his policy with the Indians were the Indians. So, but there were other policies other than just yeah. The there Indian was other stuff. policies. Yeah, it was pretty much him. He's like, hmm, you like red? I like blue. Exactly. You like salty? No, I'm about sweet. Join the United States? No, let's stay independent. Not be at war with Mexico? No, let's be at war with Mexico. Well, at the end of the day, Sam Houston wanted someone to succeed him that was going to follow in his footsteps. Stephen F. Austin would have been a great candidate, but he died in 1836. Thomas Rusk was seen as a likely candidate. But then he refused to run for president, citing family concerns. In June of 1838, Collinsworth and his fellow commissioner, Peter Grayson, each announced that they intended to run against Lamar for the presidency. They were looking for Houston's endorsement, but in the end, it was Grayson who got it. Within a month, both men would be dead. On July 7th, Grayson, who'd suffered for many years from mental illness and depression, committed suicide. The circumstances of Collinsworth's death were surrounded in mystery. Most accounts agree that for a week prior to July 11th, he was engaged in a drinking spree. On the night of July 11th, his body was found in the waters of Galveston Bay. Now, some say he committed suicide, others that he fell or jumped off of a steamboat. Whatever the case, Lamar found himself running unopposed for the presidency of the Republic of Texas. History will never know what could have happened if James Collinsworth had lived. Collinsworth's body lay in state at the Texas Capitol, and he was buried in Founders Memorial Cemetery along with other Texas luminaries. In the space of a mere 12 years, James Thompson Collinsworth managed to distinguish himself in law, politics, and war, leaving a legacy that would enshrine him in the pantheon of Texas heroes. 
less than 40 years later, the Texas legislature honored Collinsworth by naming Collinsworth County in his honor, misspelling his name in the process. What an honor. The county, which is bordered on its north and east by Oklahoma, sits to the east of Amarillo and south of Shamrock, Oklahoma, and boasts just over 3,000 residents. Well, we want to say congratulations to you, and also we're going to name this piece of dirt that looks a bit like the moon and is next to Oklahoma. <laughs> and is populated with Comanches. Yeah. No. Um, this, this guy, Collinsworth, he's one of those people that's, you know, instrumental in the early years of the Republic of Texas that I didn't know anything about. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's not a big enough name to be taught in the, uh, the middle school Texas history class. And I just had never come across him before this, but you'll see, you'll see schools and schools and stuff occasionally named after him. And obviously a County, same thing with Grayson. But the thing is with these kinds of guys is, you know, we talked about the fact that there are these interesting people of Texas that were early Texans who, we might respect because they were, you know, rugged outdoorsmen or super tough or all this kind of stuff. But there's also these interesting statesmen who mm-hmm. were just one note shy of really taking the brass ring. I mean, the and and could have greatly influenced the trajectory of Texas. And he obviously was very bright because, I mean, he was a U.S. attorney at the age of 23. Yeah, you know, and it, and again another Tennessean that came right, to Texas. Came to Texas. He was very young. He was thirty two when he died. So he he was qu- even quite young still, just for the even for the day. Kind of like Travis, where Travis was still in his twenties. You think that they they lived, you know, they were older than they are, but they packed so much stuff in their short lives. The interesting thing, so this story I had actually heard of Collinsworth and Grayson uh, in uh, some books that I'd read, uh, the Texas History Movies cartoon book that I read in, as as a kid, and uh, mostly in the context of this election, the 1838 election, that what would have happened if these two guys who were more qualified than Lamar was to, to be president of the republic had gotten elected or had not died well i think what i think you'd seen is that there was there's this interesting break in texas in that there's sam houston's texas yeah there's a break it goes to lamar's texas and it drops right back into sam houston's Mm -hmm. vision of texas and it was an expensive sidebar (laughs) for texas in both in terms of finance and lives yeah so i think think we talked about the santa fe expedition that cost by today's dollars, millions of dollars to get nothing. Yeah, one would wager that if Collinsworth had been elected, he would not have mounted the Santa Fe Expedition. No, probably not. These points in history are always interesting to me because there's that hairy turtle dove what if factor that happens of, you know, the or the or the Gwyneth Paltrow sliding doors, maybe. I don't know, whatever your metaphor is. But it kind of gets to that point of what had happened if these people had, had not died here? Or what had happened if they had just managed, if something had gone just a little bit different? If, you know, if he wouldn't have fallen off a, a river, but maybe he just got drunk and fallen off a horse. <laughs> maybe. So I think we can all learn the lesson of this today is don't drink on boats. <laughs> <laughs> or be like Marty McFly and just wear a life vest wherever you go. Yeah. <laughs> what are you in the Coast Guard? We do have kind of a connection to this story. Um, as we mentioned in the intro, one of our contributors, James Abendroth, who's uh, contributed many episodes for us, he's related to Collinsworth. Collinsworth was, he's like a four times grand uncle to... Uh, My great, 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 great <laughs> uncle. Grand uncle. I don't know. Something. Yeah, something like that. He's an ancestor, um, and apparently he married into James's father's side of the family somewhere 
when the Abendroths came to Texas from Germany. And, uh, yeah, so he's related to a signer of the Texas Declaration of Independence. Well, there you go. There you go. So next time you meet James Abendroth on the street, you better shake his hand and say, well, hey there, Texas. (laughs) (laughs) That wraps things up for today. You can find notes and links from today's show at brainstaple.com. We'd love to hear from you. So like and share us on Facebook. Follow the show on Twitter at Texas Podcast. Or go to brainstable.com and leave some feedback. You can find our show and many other great history podcasts at historypodcasters.com. Why not follow us individually? I'm on Twitter at Mr. Java. I'm Max Sean with two N's. And I'm Scotticus. We'd like to thank our friend and contributor, Paul Schmel, for helping us write and research this episode. So you like our show, tell your friends, and leave a review on iTunes, because that's what really helps us out. If you'd like to support the show and become a common ticket ranger, go to patreon.com slash texaspodcast. We hope you'll join us next time. And remember that even if you aren't from Texas, Texas wants you anyway.